All right, and we're going. Doing things a little bit different today on episode 63 of Utah in the Weeds. Uh, first of all, let's introduce ourselves uh, so people that are listening, they'll know who's talking on the other side. Uh, my name's Chris Hollifield. And I'm Tim Pickett. Can I, can I just jump right in here, Chris? Apparently, the best cannabis doctor in Utah, that's yours truly. I won the I won the award. Thank you, dude. This is a pretty big deal, Tim. And this is what I've been trying to tell you. I like, and and I think you know how big of a big of a, and cool you know it is that you win. What what is the actual title? It's the best. You sent me best a link of it. medical cannabis doctor in Utah. Now, I mean, I'm not a doctor. Okay, I'm a PA. Some would call me just a PA. That's totally fine. You can call me whatever you want. You can call me a pot doc. Uh, Representative Ward called me that one time on TV. Well, he called all of us that. He didn't call me specifically that. But you know what I'm living, right? The the Gen Zers, the millennials, they'll say, you're living your best life, right? Like I literally teach people how to consume cannabis for a living. And apparently people think I'm really good at it, which is awesome. Are you enjoying it? I am enjoying it. I've been in clinic lately, like a lot. We've had a lot of days where I've I've been able to go in and see patients and man, I really like it. I like teaching people how to tweak their use a little bit and how to get more out of it. And, you know, like learning from patients and talking to them. And lately, I, lately it's just, it's been really fun. What are some things that you've noticed now? Okay, so now that you're the best pot doc in Utah, right? You've had this whole <laughs> year and a half. You're really gotten into it. You're studying. You're discovering all these things. You're meeting with patients. What are some things that you're finding out now that like you're like, man, I wish I would have known that a year ago. Like even things, regimens with patients or uh, ways oh, yeah, to use cannabis. So I mean, I guess much. there's so many. That's a, I guess that's such a huge um, right question um, to ask you, but I'm, I'm curious. It is things you know now that you didn't know then. Well, f- first of all, I mean, I re- I vividly remember seeing our first patients and the fear of like recommending a federally illegal product was just like it was a little overwhelming for a little while. So that that we've kind of got through, and I've gotten much more used to talking about it. Um, talking about it with patients, being okay with different things, right? In the, there are a lot of people who smoke and just want that experience of the flame. So I guess part of me, you know, really likes this idea that Utah hasn't allowed the flames. And part of me is is coming around to the idea that we're probably just not going to get rid of flames, you know? People get really hung up on that. They really get, Yeah. And they really, they want to use it like they've always been using it. <laughs> New patients are more receptive, you know, to using it in a way that they're they're taught and they want to be a little more healthy about it as far as their lungs. Like it's that sort of thing. The other, the other things that I think are very interesting are we spend a lot of time, sometimes we go down the rabbit hole about different cannabinoids like CBD and CBG and CBN. And we try to, we essentially overcomplicate it, right? Like, look, we've been using this plant for thousands of years, really, medicinally. It's a lot of it really isn't rocket science. 
It's just, it just helps people feel better and that's okay. Right. We don't, sometimes we don't need to make it rocket science. We just need to, to use it wisely. Um, another thing that I find very fascinating about like the way I've been teaching people and learning is I was thinking about cannabis. Like this is an evolution of, of my feeling about like how to use it better. And I, in the beginning, I was having a lot of discussions about just using what you need and keeping your tolerance really low. But I found I'm educating patients to use smaller doses more consistently. So maybe the same amount of total THC per day or per week or per month, but using it much more consistently in small doses. So I'm, I'm becoming an advocate of, you know, different types of products like using low dose edibles and then vaping flour on top of a low dose edible. Interesting. Because I feel like you're getting more consistency. So yeah, I mean, my knowledge and my experience with it is definitely getting better. And I just, every conversation I have is, is just another, uh, you know, like I say, another way to, to tweak the use or to learn more myself. And it's been really fun. I want to go back a little bit. You were mentioning how, uh, talking about cannabis, right? Like it's, you're, you're finding it's a little easier to talk about. Are you finding the same thing with patients, people coming into the clinic? Uh, are they having a little bit easier time talking about it versus when, when it first opened up again, back to. We totally anecdotal this. here, Chris, but like I yeah, was in Ogden yeah. yesterday and I was in Mill Creek the day before. And you know, in Mill Creek, you would see there are. I guess on average, yeah. it's totally stereotyping here. But in Ogden, it seems like people have an easier time talking about weed than in Mill Creek. Okay. And that's and, what I wonder, was wondering. Right. Like there's just, there's different pockets of people. Certainly we're starting to see more people on the, on the much more conservative side. Like I've seen people who work in the temple a few days a week, uh, the LDS temple. And they're using, you know, really super low dose gummies to keep their neuropathy kind of at bay while they're on their feet. Like just some some really interesting stuff, right? With the church and our culture and people starting to accept this a little bit easier. People who uh, still, it's just so surprising to me that because I work in this all day, every day, that people still don't know it's legal. I mean, yesterday I had two people that they were like, wow, I did I didn't even know I was gonna qualify or I didn't even know this was gonna be this was legal. Like flour. People still come in and talk about how you can't, oh no, I thought you couldn't have flour. You can only have you can only have like oil. Because <laughs> people remember, you know, when it first got introduced, I guess, to Utah, the possibilities. There was such bizarre ideas of blister packs and all of that. that it oh just... yeah. Remember the blister pack discussion? <laughs> Where in Ogden is your clinic located? Is it, is it on 25th street? It's 2385 Grant. So if like downtown Ogden, there's roosters, um, we're right around the corner from roosters. We're right down the street from WB's I think WB's is on 24th. We had a, a listener uh, send us a message on our Instagram and they were wondering, hey, do you record up in Ogden? And I'm like, why? I guess there's a Utah in the Weeds thing in a window on, on some business. Yeah, on there is. Street. That's my, well, it's 
there is in my um, there's a Utah in the weeds in in our location, Utah Therapeutic Health Center. So maybe that's a, what it was because they're yeah. like, oh, on 25th or something. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what you know business that is. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, we get a ton of people um, who are going to the farmers market who walk right past us. Okay, and so we put out the Utah in the weeds uh, sign. Right. We, we put it in the window. Well, it's working. Yeah, Ogden is a really fun place to work. I, I like Ogden. Well, let's talk about, so the Weed Social is actually next week in Ogden. Right, the, in WBs. And we want to go. VD, yeah. I, uh, I was texting with the owner uh, yesterday. We should go up and uh, record our, our podcast, WB's Eatery in Ogden. It's uh, next Wednesday, 6.23, 5.30 p.m., the Cocktail and Cannabis Club. Uh, you know what I was really, did you have one of the, um, the dry cocktails while we were up there? I didn't because they were so good. Really? Yeah. They have a bite to them, like a little depth to them. So if you're somebody who uses cannabis, right? We don't, we don't use, we try not to mix alcohol and cannabis. Not really a good idea to mix THC and cannabis. Oh, I've had some bad experiences mixing those two back in the day. Oh man, I got some (laughs) stories. Yeah. So they make dry cocktails up there. And they're really good. You can sit there, have a dry cocktail, and you know, I mean, you can't you can't consume cannabis in public, but yeah, come on up and hang out with us, and hang out with Tim and I, and and the rest of the uh, cannabis users here in Utah uh, at WBs at the Weed yeah. Social. I want to talk about this uh, medical advisory group that you started. Oh yeah, so we started you were like, them. Chris, I started this medical advisory group. We could talk about it on the podcast. Well, let's talk about it. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, it's uh, okay. So. We, we formed a Utah Medical Cannabis Advisory Group. So it's a small group right now. The founding members are uh, a group of pharmacists, usually the, the, the pharmacist in charge of a couple of the pharmacies and a few QMPs who are really involved in the system. Um, Laurel Krupski, uh, Jordan out in West Jordan, um, and Dr. Anden up north. Um, and some of the best pharmacists, right? Mindy Medeo, Kevin Baumgartner from Dragonfly, Josh Fitzgerald, and Kylie from Wholesome. Um, anyway, we're we're building this group in uh, with help with the the Utah Cannabis Association and the Cannabis Co-op, trying to get a small group of us to help prioritize a couple of things that we want to see changed now that we've been a year in the system. Right, we know that we need patient caps increased for good providers. Right, I mean, if if you want to bring, well, I mean, if you want to bring your aunt and see somebody like me, you we're going to need those patient caps increased because I can't see a lot more, uh, very many more patients. We need to figure out how, like, what the best practices are between the QMPs and the pharmacists, like. What's right now, there's not a lot of communication between the two groups, which is fine for most people. You know, most people learn to use cannabis and they're okay and they can talk to me, they can talk to the pharmacist and they, they kind of navigate it, right? Like we talked to Chrissy or we talked to um, Mr. King, Zach King, right? Like they're going to navigate it themselves, but there are the people who need, we need to close that loop, right? If I change a medication, the pharmacist needs to know. So, how can we do that? So we're trying to just start somewhere and talk about like what the needs are of the group. Here, I got my, I even got my notes right here from our 
our meeting, right? It's we're talking about the compassionate use board. We brought up, you know, smoking. Should we prioritize like what do we think about smoking? We know that there's a lot of people who are still going to be smoking cannabis. And that's the reality. Should we should we lie and just say that's not happening? Or should we just be honest and allow it and just educate around it? Well, and that's what's lame, right? You got all these people that they're trying to be legal. They're getting their cards. And then they're like, oh, screw it. I'm at home. I'm just going to use a flame. And it's like, ah. Right. Like, which is, which is right. The other thing is uh, qualifying conditions, right? Like, yeah. so pain lasting longer than two weeks. Well, that's pretty much, there's a lot of people who have pain that's recurrent that lasts yeah. longer than two weeks. And you end up like a lot of, not, not all the time, but we end up having a guy who had ankle surgery. Okay. They come in. The, the the woman comes in, she's got anxiety, depression, she wants to use cannabis. Well, those don't qualify. Which but she should. had ankle surgery, <laughs> right? And she can't sleep, right? So then you get, th- then you're talking to them and, well, they had ankle surgery two years ago and that causes a lot of pain. And okay, well, that's the qualifying condition, but primarily the, the patient is going to be using THC for the anxiety and the sleep. So the system is built like the legislators built the system in this way, but we're not, the the reality is there's a lot of people out there with pain as their qualifying condition, but they're using, I mean, they're really using THC for something else. I can't believe sleep isn't a qualifying condition in Utah because sleep, especially there's like the sleep drugs out there are so bad for you when you have such a beautiful thing like, like cannabis to help you get a good night's sleep. Right. Like, I mean, why isn't that not legal? Why is that not a qualifying condition? Exactly. And do you want to just kind of, I don't know. I, we, we talk about it on the podcast too. We're, we're kind of, we're not being honest with the way the system is working or not working. And that's, that's Utah though. Utah sets things up yeah. for that, man. That's what you, loopholes. Remember loopholes back in the day, private club for members. It was so we could smoke in oh, clubs right. and, 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 and do all this stuff. And, and it was just these loopholes. Utah's famous for that, man. That's what right. we The do. beer garden at, um, yeah. up at Snowbird, right? You've got yeah. this little quote unquote beer garden. You can't go out. You can't go in. Yeah. And so maybe they, maybe they like that. Maybe that's okay. But our group is our group is going to put a report together and say here is how here is the reality yeah right here's what people are actually using cannabis for regardless of what the law says you know these are legal cannabis users but their primary qualifying condition might be pain or or PTSD but they're also using it for sleep they're using it for anxiety they're using it for um yeah the two big ones that they want to add are anxiety and insomnia. See, my only thing with anxiety though, is I see so much like um, the stuff I see out there. Like when I'm reading about cannabis, you get this one side saying, "Uh Oh, if you smoke, you know, smoke marijuana, it's just going to cause more anxiety, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I worry about is that people on like the Hill are just gonna be like, Oh, that's just going to cause people more anxiety. So I see both sides for sure. I mean, it's, it's what's called biphasic. So you know what? Low doses, it might help your anxiety. At high doses, it might cause it to be worse. Chronic users um, that stop 
they have they tend to have a little more anxiety sometimes when they are going through the you know like the washout period so i get both sides the cannabinoid review board is another board that we want to kind of influence they're they're a group of professionals in utah who make recommendations on whether or not a condition should be added and hmm. so but they're not really asking us uh, to weigh in. And we, we think, you know, the, the pharmacists who see the patient at the dispensary, they, they really know they should be involved in that discussion and those recommendations. So we're going to try to put together some, some reports and be helpful. And if people have, like if our listeners have issues with the, pro, with the program, uh, reach out to me at utahmarijuana.org. And we'll put it on the list and we'll bring it up in the meetings. We're going to meet every couple of weeks for a while and try to get a a good voice for the patients in Utah. It's kind of a cool group. I'm glad we're putting it together. Growing at home. No, we don't need to get into that topic. Home grow. I mean, that seems like such a far stretch. And I know that's what everybody wants, but it's just like, to me, that just seems like the last thing they would ever allow. Yeah, we didn't even bring it up last night. It's not even on anybody's radar just because we think it's not it's not feasible to ask for. Like there's just no way we're going to get there for a while. And the industry doesn't want it either. You know, the these pharmacists, they work for the dispensaries and the dispensaries don't want you to grow at home. You know, I mean, I'll be the first I'll be the first to tell you. They want they you want to, it, they, they want their money, man. Yeah, I mean, their investments not paid back yet. They they got to get that they got to get that revenue first, which will take a while, I guess. How's pr- how are prices out there too? You know, Blocks Pharmacy opened on 103rd. I heard they're selling uh, like 45 or 50 bucks an eighth for some of their. I think it's like the popcorn buds. 32. I want to say even 32 is some of the prices I saw on their website here. Tim. Oh wow! I, so uh, so people are. I mean, I think prices are getting pushed down a little. I actually, yeah. And I think they're having a, uh, speaking of block, they're having a uh, grand opening this weekend, the June 19th for customers. Oh, to for stop June, in. for Juneteenth. Yeah. I wish I would have that in front of me, but I don't. Do you hear that's going to be a federal holiday? Yeah. No, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. We, sh- we should probably mention, I know we talked about this a little before we started recording, but we should just probably mention the fact that there are some products out there that people, one of the other things this board talked about was products that really aren't supposed to be on the market, but they are. Like there's these products, there's these CBD products that have THC in them that you can buy at the vape shop or at the CBD store. And they're they're getting to be a little more popular. And I, I'm not going to mention any brand names or any like people in this, but there are. This goes back to loopholes, man. This goes back to loopholes. There is a loophole in the law, apparently, where the Department of Agriculture has approved some CBD products and they have a bunch of Delta-8 THC in them, which it will get you high. Like, it will get you high. And we don't From really what you've know. heard, though, you, you haven't personally tried them. Okay, I've used Delta-8. I know Delta-8 will get you high. Okay, okay. But it's different than Delta-9. It's, it's more of a body. I can't, it's hard to explain. It's not the psychoactivity of the Delta nine and it's already controversial. 
because people don't, some people really don't like Delta-8. They, because it's not produced in the plant, they have to, you have to, it's not synthetic, but you have to derive it from the plant with this strong acid conversion. So it requires a significant amount of processing to get, to get it done. And then you put it in CBD and then they're selling these CBD products that are, that are essentially getting people high and they're not tested the same as the products in the pharmacies. Okay. We've, we've looked at the certificate of analysis. They're not hard. They're not easy to read and they're out there, but it's this loophole in the law that allows this product to be sold. I, and apparently it's completely legal and they're flying off the shelves, of course. Well, of course, because once word gets out there, one person tells another person, so on and so forth. But I think this is such, it, it gives the whole industry such a bad name because it just, ugh, I just don't like it. It looks trashy. I feel like you're right. I mean, it just, I mean, it's out to make a buck. Yeah. I don't know that it's really that, is it medicinal? I don't know. I, I guess I have a hard time really arguing totally against it because my line of what I think is right and wrong is, is here and your line might be a little bit different. And, you know, maybe the owner of this product is like, Hey, we got to get this product out. It makes people feel better and we're doing our best to make it clean, but it's not, I don't, I can't, it cannot be really legal, right? Like getting people high. Well, I think there's more to medical cannabis than just getting high. That shouldn't be the end goal of medical cannabis just to get high. Right. And at least okay, I don't so, think so let's compare it. Let's compare it to like, I mean, you wouldn't go out and buy like a, uh, an over the counter or, uh, you know, like a pill, right? Compare it to a pill. You're not going to go out and, and buy some pill. You don't quite know everything that's in there. It's, it's just like locally <laughs> produced. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I guess I, I mean, know, this you know, is again, a really a weird black market for, you know, all the, 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 the all the pills and, the, and, and all of that, you know? So it's like, well, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just, there are, anyway, I guess the bottom line is be careful what you're buying out there, you know, know what's in it. You know, if you're taking a CBD product and it is, it is getting you altered, take it into your cannabis pharmacy Take that and the package into your cannabis pharmacy and show it to the pharmacist and get their opinion of what that is. That's that's what I would say, because they're going to know. Back to these gummies that uh, we're talking about here, Tim, are they cheaper? Like, yeah. would they be cheaper to buy than versus going into a, a Utah pharmacy to buy gummies there? I think so. I think they're 35, 35 40 bucks a package. Well, and I think isn't a gummage- I don't know. Because I was going to say, I'd rather just get something at the pharmacy. So this is more for people that don't have a card. Yeah, this is, what is a package of gummies at the pharmacy? Because I was going to say those, how do you pronounce it? Hygie? Hygie? Hygie chews. That guy knows how to build gummies too. I mean, those gummies are really, (laughs) those gummies are really good. And I think depending on what milligram you go, they're anywhere from 30 to like 50 bucks for those. So what's the difference? I mean, I'd rather go get those. I'd rather just, I think people should, I agree. Just go, yeah, get, I don't know. The, I don't go know. get the deal that was tested, approved, like it's no controversy. You know what's in it. Everybody kind of agrees it's a clean product. Yeah. Just do it. 
just do it in a way that you're not really risking your own health, I guess. Well, because we don't know the long-term things. Because even going back to, I know I brought this up a couple of times when we haven't recorded about spice, right? Like I've, I'll admit it here on the podcast, I smoked plenty of spice back in the day, but I didn't know it was horrible for you. And then you find right. out a little bit later on, like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. So you're like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, this for people listening, this is like 20 years ago. This isn't, you know, this isn't like I was doing this last week. This was stupid me 20 years ago. Right. And the, and this is just, this, it's the same type of thing. In New York, they outlawed Delta 8 for this type of product just because of this, because it's a, it, yeah. it's a loophole all over the country, apparently. Oh, no. Yeah. Mango, peach, dragonfly. A uh, ten pack of twenty milligrams, thirty-two bucks at block, down on a hundred and third. Yeah. yeah, this is you're not saving any money. It's yeah, thirty-two so bucks for. Saying is why not? Why would you even? Why not just go get the good stuff? Yeah, just go get the real deal, and you know what's in there, and it's labeled. That's the other thing about these gummies. I mean, I'm looking at the label, and it does not say THC Delta Eight. It doesn't say anything about other than at the bottom it says contains THC. Keep out of reach of children and pets. It's against a law to operate motorized vehicles under the influence of this product. (laughs) Well, that's good. Do do not mix with alcohol. I don't know. Oh, the the this this business we're in, Chris. It's the wild west. (laughs) Anything on a national level going on? I know Connecticut uh, just just uh, legalized recreational like today as we're recording this. I know that's going on. Man, they're dropping like flies. Seems yeah. like, right? So I didn't know if you heard anything more about any of the more banking act. I haven't. Nah. Oh, you know what I did do is I met with uh, Hyper. So after our conversation, if anybody wants to listen to um, that podcast that we did with Tyler, the CFO of Hyper. Yeah, go back last episode. Yeah, last episode. They, I, I went back to Hyper and I met with them because I wanted to figure out exactly how to sign up, what the hiccups were, and you know, learning more and more. And yes, apparently those cashless ATMs are going away. Like he talked about that, like that we saw in, in, uh, I don't know, maybe you saw one in Denver. I, I saw one in Vegas when I was there. Yeah. You were, ta- yeah, you were talking. So about those, those are going away. And then, uh, the same day ACH payment and, you know, a lot of people were kind of bashing on hyper, but I signed up. It was, it was easy. Connect your bank, uh, took about two minutes to hook up. Yeah. I'm thinking about just taking hyper payments in my clinic and helping people get signed up. It's right? not a bad like, idea at all. And then they would already be signed up and then they already right. have it on the phone. Cause I mean, I found hyper again, I was using hyper in Denver when we were out in Denver. So made it really nice to already have it on the phone. Yeah. I'm interested in, you know, making the process more and more seamless for people. And maybe that's a good, good thing. We should just start taking hyper in my clinic. And we, hey, we could take hyper here on the podcast. You know, if anybody wants to hyper us a, a donation, hyper us a donation. Hey, uh, and Chrissy put together a sponsorship. We're just kind of yeah. all over the place today, but the sponsorship. You want to sponsor the podcast? We now have we got we got a little pricing structure. Um, I yeah, filed we talked to Tim, Tim yep. or myself, and let us know you're interested, and we can hook you up with all the info. Yeah, I want uh, we we need to promote good products. And so we'd be, we'd be happy to do that. Yeah. There's tons of, I'm just looking up the menu right now. There's tons of gummies for 35, 40, 50 bucks. Are you on the block website? Yeah. Hygiene shoes. They're flower. Hygiene shoes. Oh yeah. I'm going to go to the flower. 
because it's like 32 bucks for some baby buds. Yeah. Um, 3.5 grams. Let's see. If I go by sort by price, low to high, $32 for popcorn ice cream man, trike. Trike's all there. 32 bucks. Ooh, wow, I gotta go get some of that. Yeah, the potion, Space Monkey, Riesling, all that trike stuff's 32. Dragonfly's 35 for uh, 3.5 grams. Uh, you want to go to the, uh, let's see, the standard. I haven't ever tried any of that. 53 for, for an eighth of that. Lava, lava cake and dosi dough. Oh, that's a quarter. So they do have one uh, one product that they'll sell in a quarter, seven grams for 95. That's so how's that going to work, Tim? For like, let's say listeners, they've, they've been a patient here in Utah. They've already been going to like Dragonfly and Wholesome and stuff. Now they want to go check out Block. Are they going to have to go meet with a pharmacist in at Block? No, no. This is one of the other things we're talking about in the medical advisory group. So you do have to register at every pharmacy you want to buy product at. You have to register as a patient. Um, so you go online to their website and you register as a patient, but you do not have to meet with a pharmacist. You really, you really don't ever, but especially if you've purchased product somewhere else, you just need to register as a patient. They verify your card. You just tell them, Hey, I've already met with a pharmacist. And I think the system right now, they just take you at your word and they'll let you come in and purchase product. Okay. Um, it's pretty simple. They just have to make sure that you're a patient. And I think uh, you can go into most pharmacies if they're not super busy and they'll register you right there. Um, or you can get on your phone and register right then and there. And you don't even have to, you know, do do an appointment. Good to know. Just because I, I know that's one of the things that kind of holds me up sometimes with visiting some of these pharmacies, right? Like you're like, Oh, I don't want to schedule an appointment and do this and do that. Mm-hmm. And now that things are kind of opened up with COVID, yeah. I know that was an issue with, um, well, it was an issue, I think, with Beehive and Dragonfly, of course, was so busy. But now, uh, I mean, man, if you if you look around, there's some pharmacies that aren't that busy. For example, right, if you want to take a drive up to Park City, just take a drive up to Park City. They're not that busy up there. And they don't, you don't have to register for an appointment. They always have a good selection. That's right. That's right. They when I remember when they opened up, they had all that product mm-hmm. sitting up there and they're like, come mm-hmm. up here and drive up here. They <laughs> right? must, they probably still have it sitting up there. Well, nobody knows about the reciprocity uh, deal where you can come in from out of state. We still need to get an out of state person who's had a card here and tell us about the process. If you've got a relative out there who has a medical cannabis card, have them come to Utah Get a card. They have a 21-day card. I want to hear about that process. So who would they contact for that card? The state of Utah? Yeah, you just go to the Department of Health's website, the cannabis, uh, what is it? Medicalcannabis.utah.gov. Medicalcannabis.utah.gov. You apply for a out-of-state card. If you have a card out-of-state and you're coming to Utah you are eligible for a Utah card for 21 days and they just verify your card exists and they will issue your card. You ready to get mind blown though here for a second, Tim? Okay. So let's say a person has a card in another state, right? And in this other state, let's just, let's just make up a state, for example. Well, California, California, right? Let's say they're a medical patient in California but the reason that they have their card is is for a qualifying condition that's in California, but not in Utah. 
Mm-hmm. But they're like, well, in Utah or in California, I'm using it for my, you know, my glaucoma or whatever. I don't right. know, right? If they come to Utah and use it for their glaucoma, is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, they're supposed the, to have the consistency there because they're going to totally get a card get because they're, they're going to get a card here in Utah and be able to legally use for 21 days for a qualifying condition. That isn't a qualifying condition in Utah. I totally agree. I totally agree. The statute you know what says, I'm saying, right? I, you know what? I wrote this down. I tried to make an argument for this because I totally get it. This is where Utah residents, in my opinion, should take precedent over out-of-state residents. That's, Absolutely. I mean, right? Like, but out-of-state is taking precedent over Exactly. It. It's easier for them to get the card because all they got to do is submit that they have a card, that they're from California, where they have a card system, and that they... Now, California will to anybody. <laughs> exactly. So as long as you have that card, you can come to Utah and use, but you're supposed to have a qualifying condition according to the Utah statute. But that's not part of the verification system that I know of, right? We're not involved. QMPs are not involved in that. Like we don't that's get to talk to the right patient. There. I feel like that was that was kind of my argument. It's like just let us talk to the patient. We'll one, we'll make sure they know how to get the card and like get them through the process, which will be helpful. Number two, we'll we'll be able to like verify their condition because how does the state know what they have? They're not yeah. providers, right? Like how do they know that they have a qualifying condition? No, no, you can just apply. But you know, on the other hand, it's probably very difficult to find the link. At the Department of Health website, it's very difficult to get the card. Maybe it takes seven days to get your card and you're already done mountain biking in St. George or you're already done skiing in yeah, so Park you City, well right? Carry it in your pocket like you've been doing for the last 20 years, right? Nobody's going to know it's in your pocket. Right? <laughs> just, just, how, do, how do people travel with it? I mean, like, I don't know. I think TSA will take it out of your bag and dump it all over your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot more people are traveling with it, though, you know, and I know a lot more uh, people are. I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. That'd be an interesting discussion, but it's also kind of, I, I realize it's a discussion that not everybody wants to have. Right. Yeah. So. We don't want to talk about traveling with cannabis at all. <laughs> we want to, we want to keep it. We know what to talk about and what not to talk about. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's going to be a fun, this is turning out to be a fun summer. It's freaking hot. But yeah, yeah, no, it's a fun summer. Actually, hey, did I tell you I went down to the farmer's market? I ran into Cole down there with Salt Lake City. So he's down there every Saturday. So there, uh, so does he have a little booth? Yeah, he's got a booth. So stop by there and say hello if you see Cole down there. Oh, yeah. And uh, check out our, check out, they, they have a new magazine coming out. It's, I think mm-hmm. it's in print right now. So when this releases, it'll be probably out. And we've got another ad in there. Utah Very in cool. the weeds. Very cool. Yeah, go check that out. Yeah, he offered. He said, hey, if we ever want to record the podcast, we can join him down there at the Farmer's Market. So I don't know. I mean, it could be fun. I've also tried to record podcasts down at the Farmer's Market. And let me tell you, it gets hot down there on Saturdays. Oh, my gosh. And just having to stand outside and just, <sighs> I'm like, man, I could be recording this podcast in air conditioning. <laughs> like right now, right? Like we're in air conditioning. Yep. So. Let's get this episode wrapped up though, Tim. Like, I think we've, we've talked about some pretty cool stuff this episode. You know, there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Again, congratulations for your award. I mean, that's a awesome, oh, thank you. awesome, awesome thing. I'm, thank you. I'm we stoked s- for you. set out to, uh, 
set out to be good at this and it's it is very very it's nice to be noticed and you know to know that we're doing good things thanks to my team and to everybody that's really involved with me in getting good information to people that's really what we want to do if you want you know if you don't know if medical marijuana is right for you if you don't know what the qualifying conditions are if you don't know how to get your card you know, utahmarijuana.org is a good place to go and call, text, do whatever you've got to do. Because if it is right for you and it helps you feel better, then by damn, you deserve it. Absolutely. Hey, and if you're on the website, just go to uh, utahmarijuana.org slash podcast. And that's where all the podcast episodes are. You can listen to them right there. I mean, we got a lot of episodes. We've got Let's see, like 62 episodes up there now. Yeah, and uh, at so the time many of patients. Yeah, so many patient stories. I mean, then you got Discover Marijuana. You got so much content that you yeah. can uh, absorb right there on the website. Yeah, and it's all just legit. Like it's it's like this. It's conversational. Yeah. It's not try not to be intimidating about it. Try to just talk about it like it's a like it's just something else we talk about. Hey, and if you want to check out some other podcasts, go check out the other podcast I do. I am Salt Lake. I am Salt Lake podcast. Uh, Tim was actually on episode 420. So that's where I start people at now. Go back to start with Tim. and then, There, and there then is no forward. podcast before 420. Yeah, there, was, there was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, only there's, the eight years before that. Eight years before that. Yeah. So go check that podcast out. And um, I think that's it for this episode, Tim. This was fun, Chris. We should We should do these more often. Absolutely. All right, everybody, stay safe out there.